Remembering the great DJs of radio, it's Radio Greats with the live Luke. Well, this week on my Radio Greats podcast, I'm joined by not just one DJ, but by two. Uh, Both have been um, massive names in the radio business for the best part of three decades, starting out in Northwest Radio on Sunset and then in Choice, and then later moving down to Northampton for North 96, and now here in Wales with Real Radio and then with Heart. I'm delighted to learn a bit more about them in this week's edition. But before I uh, get into that, let me say a big radio welcome to Simon Jagger and Chris Wood. Hello, Luke. Hi. Hi, yeah, thanks for having us on. Um, well, the, the way you listed all those stations off, it sounds like we've been fired from all of them, but I can assure you we weren't. We we did move on uh, with, with the idea of bettering our careers, really. Yeah. Now, to be fair as well, I mean, you you, uh, you started off with, I think, Sunset, which, um, but the actual story goes further back than that, to be fair, because we actually started together at Hospital Radio. That's where it all began. And I think it was about 1989, wasn't it? it and was. That is such a long time ago, but that's where it was. Fresh faced, uh, just a couple of um, DJs that did pubs and clubs. That's all we were, really, with an ambition to get into radio. And that's where it all started and pretty much where we actually sat down together and started to broadcast for the first time. Well, well, I have to I have to ask before you got the radio bug, how was it the pair of you first uh, formed the Jagger and Woody partnership? OK, so it was it was a hospital radio, as Woody said there. We um, we, we had the bug before that. We'll come to that in a second. But we were just put together on a Saturday uh, morning shift and we kind of realised that we had this kind of chemistry we knew was was quite rare. And so we decided that, you know, let's go on this journey together. Um, and of course, before that, the book started with me very, very young, listening to to radio. And um, I was probably five or six. And uh, I was with a childminder, as it goes. And she said to me, I was staring at the radio and she said to me, are you listening to the little man in the radio? And I was convinced that there was a little man in the radio. And my obsession with radio began there. Mm. Um and, and that's my story, and I'm sure Woody's has got his own version. Yeah, very similar to that. I was always fascinated by uh, anything to do with radio. And then um, as time went on, becoming a, just becoming a DJ that did weddings and, and all that kind of stuff. And then it was it was like a, I felt like a career project progression that I really wanted to do it. It was an ambition. But, you know, like anything else in, that, in this kind of industry, if you, if you go to your careers officer and say, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be a radio DJ or I'd love to work on the TV or on the stage, whatever, They'll always send you with a, a flea in your ear saying, oh, you, you need a proper career. Mm. But the truth is that if you're dedicated to it and you really want to do it, you can do. I, I wasn't sure whether my careers obviously did a bit of reverse psychology because you said only the best will make it. Maybe you want to consider joining the police or something. Um, and, and I wonder to this day whether he'd done it on purpose to, to, to drive me on to do radio. But if that was the case, then it certainly was. <laughs>
and it did because you as you boys mentioned you um you cut your teeth uh, in hospital radio and then moving on the pair of you begin your radio journey after the uh, after hospital radio with uh, the newly formed Sunset Radio in Manchester. So how did Sunset happen? Quite an easy answer, really, because I was also doing a little bit. We'd go into the uh, Piccadilly Key 103, as it was then. It's now the hits in Manchester. And I'd go in there and just help out the DJs, make them coffee and stuff like this. And I'd go in there and get myself known. And then one of the guys said, oh, listen, just so you know, they're looking for presenters over at um, Sunset. So with that, I I hot-footed it uh, the mile across across the way. And the boss gave us a gig that night, really, um, overnights, right away. And the rest is history, as they say. Well, the funny thing about that is that actually that job, that was what Jagger got. Jagger was there uh, on his own. And, and I was listening. He'd, he'd rang me up and he'd said, Woods, I'm on Sunset tonight. So, of course, I had to listen. He was on some like It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. He was on <laughs> some ridiculous like but, that. But what I didn't know, because I was at Piccadilly Cable 103, I never listened to Sunset. What I didn't know is that it was a soul station. So I, I'll never forget. I, you know, I said to the boss, what can I play? And he said, play what you want. But what he meant was in the soul um, music. So I opened the show with Madonna's Holiday, followed by U2, where the streets have no names or something like that. And um, Woody rang me on the XD line, which is the line straight to the studio, because I'd give him the number. And he, and he, in, in so many words, asked me what the hell I was doing. And I said, I'm enjoying myself. I'm on the radio. I can play what I want. And he said, it's a soul station. And... I said, well, I, I've, I've pulled all my tunes out of the record libraries. It was then nothing on computer. And I said, well, you better get down here and help me pull some tunes. So which you turn up an hour later yeah. and help me through the show. And then after that, he came in every single night with me. And I, he, he sneaked himself on the air, chatting yeah, away yeah. with me. And, and again, Jagger and Woody formed on that station and the boss liked it. We went from overnight to... I think mid-mornings, wasn't it? Then? Yeah, well, we did a, a weekend breakfast show. Didn't That's you? right, yeah. As well. yeah. And so that was, our, that was our days at Sunset. And unfortunately... At the time, it was owned by an Iraqi, uh, and of course, the Iraqi war happened. So they seized all his monies, which that country can do that if you're wealthy and your country goes to war. And because they seized all his monies, the station it, it, it went bust because they had no money, and that was the end of the sunset journey, unfortunately. Well, because I've it's interesting you you mentioned that because I've had uh, similar conversations with Mike Shaft and Ray Rose, um, and they've Shaft, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, and they they've said um, in fact, what, I think what Ray Rose said when sunset closed the. Um, the, f- the first thing that all, all the jocks did was they went down to the pub and then it was it ended up being sort of like a Benny Hill sketch for them trying to get the electricity sort oh, of yeah. mate yeah honestly you know you know the sunset was um it, it, it was a comedy of, of errors and in the end what what closed sunset down was in fact the electricity was turned off mm. because that bill hadn't been paid uh, the week before the transmitter was turned off because that bill hadn't been paid but they were saved by the skin of the teeth I was on the air at the time uh, and saved by the skin of the teeth um, and you thought, you know what, what could actually close this station down? Because everything, all the boxes are ticked. The one thing they've forgotten about was the electric bill. <laughs> and that was the one that ended Sunset. And then I, I think it became Kiss 102 after that. Then Galaxy yeah. and and I think it's Cap- it is Capital today. Yeah. And then, and then we, there was a lull for quite a while in our career. We were doing uh, RSLs, weren't we? Mm. Um, those restricted service licenses, which would go on for a month. And we did quite a few of those. But it just seemed to things weren't going anywhere. Well, it was just a frustrating time because we just couldn't seem to make any break, you know. And this was the advice that we've got to give to anybody else. You know, if you seem to think it's not working, keep trying because eventually that break will come. Mm. And that's what we did. We tried for five years um, doing RSLs and various other bits and pieces and just keep sending out those demos. And eventually, eventually something happened. Um, 
And the next break for us was Northampton, which yeah. was Northampton 96, which is now a heart station. And again, that, that was very lucky how that happened because um, it so happened, obviously, Jagger and Woody, we sent him this, uh, this, this disc, a CD disc, as it was back then, in the post. A guy called Mark G's received it. Out of 60 discs we sent out, only got three replies, and his was one of them. And the only reason he listened to the disc is because he was a big fan of a show in America called, was it Jagger and Christie? Jagger and Christie. Yeah. They were a man and wife and they, yeah. they broadcasted across America. And he was a big fan and listened to them on the internet. Yeah, so uh, because he'd seen the name Jagger and Woody and I was Chris Wood, he thought, this is just too much of a coincidence. I've got to listen to this disc. And he did. And he kind of liked it. He thought we were a bit rough around the edges, but he thought, you know, there's something there. I can perhaps work with these guys. And then another bit of luck came in because the, the station needed relicensing, didn't it? That's right. And they weren't doing enough hours. So they had to go live on overnights to uh, meet the criteria of the license. And that meant we got the gig. So it was on overnights. I think we started in May until August. Yeah. And then, then they asked us to cover the afternoon shift for two weeks while the presenter was off. And unfortunately, <laughs> the presenter never got his gig back because they told us to stay on there. So we stayed on afternoons. Um from August till December, and then the January after that, we were started on breakfast yeah. and the rest in Northampton's history. Well, before before we get on to breakfast and um, talk, talking about go, going from where from Manchester down to North Northamptonshire. Was it uh, was it tough to leave uh, the Northwest behind to uh, head to the Midlands? It, we knew it was going to be different. And here's the funny thing. When we first got the reply back from Northampton, being Northerners, I said to Woody, so anyway, wh- where is Northampton? And he said, duh, it must be in the North. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we got on the M6 and we, we'd realised now we'd just gone past Birmingham and still not seen a sign for Northampton. So I said to Woody, there's no way we're taking this gig. Yeah. Anyway, we ended up being there for nine and a half years. I was just going to say that the funny thing is when, when we started there, we, we did, a, I think it was a, an Easter bank holiday weekend. We did an Easter, I think it was a Monday or a Sunday, one of the two anyway. I remember we did, it was probably quite probably the worst show we'd ever done in our lives. And we, we both said, we'll never get a call back on this. Mm. And, but, and bizarrely, he did. He gave us a chance. Only because they were desperate. Because yeah. he needed to, to, to fill the three hours overnight. So like, that's what Woody was talking about earlier on. Uh, it was just luck. Well, well, I have to I have to ask then, um, we've, we've taken breakfast um, on uh, North Ant 96. What was that first breakfast show like? Mm. We were excited, I think, because yeah. we'd, we'd done afternoons for, like I said, around six months. And we were eager to go. We couldn't wait to get on breakfast. Mm. And I mean, you'd have to ask the bosses what they thought of the first show. But we enjoyed it. I know that yeah. much. And, and it soon became a hit, you know. It, in, we were lucky again in that area. There were no competition apart from BBC Northampton, which, no disrespect, they, they weren't great. And and so, therefore, we ruled the roost and our numbers went up and up and up every single time. And, you know, we had great success there in Northampton. And um, and of course, when you say with a great success each week, you were pulling in. Uh, am I right in thinking one hundred and sixty-five thousand listeners? Yeah, 
about, that was about it, wasn't it? With a TSA of around 500,000. Mm. So that's quite a high percentage. And that's why we, you know, we did okay. Yeah. Um, and we were like that. We were, we were like very much. And we kept saying one day, maybe someday one of the big guys are going to come in. And as I say, we waited like eight and a half, nine years for that to happen, which of course was real radio then. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, but, and before we go on to real, what, what was the high, what was your highlights uh, with uh, North 96? Well, well North Ants 96, as Jagger mentioned there, was a, we were like a big fish in a small pond. And therefore in that area, we, we were actually little celebrities in that, in that area. And that was a great feeling, wasn't it? We'd, we'd go to the opening of just about anything. You know, we were invited absolutely everywhere. We had, free season tickets to the rugby we we had uh we went into a bar they'd rope areas off for us it was ridiculous really it was embarrassingly yeah. ridiculous and and you know we would be everywhere like like what he said there and you know people always say to me what what is the highlight of your career in northampton and i think Woody shares this same one with me we were invited to um a dinner uh charity dinner and we were sat with um lord spencer earl spencer i beg your pardon who is lady diana's brother and of course, uh, Olfort, where Diana grew up, is in Northamptonshire. And it, it, it seemed to dawn on Earl Spencer, who we were. And he said, you're the naughty pair on the radio, aren't you? So we replied, yes. And he said, my kids love your show. Could I get an autograph from you two before you go home today? And I was like, goodness me, this is like royalty asking for our autograph. And I rang my parents at the time and I just said, you're not going to believe Earl Spencer just asked for my autograph. Yeah. But my parents just dismissed it as lies. But I can assure you on this podcast, it absolutely happened. Yeah. I, I, I honestly can believe that. And um, so that, that does sound like, that sounds like a massive highlight and, and a huge privilege as well. Um, absolutely. So, and as you mentioned, um, it gets bigger because in 2010, um, 2010 arrives. And after nine years of waking up Northampton, uh, you both leave for, as you mentioned, another big station in a city where you uh, both continue to reside to this very day, and that being Real Radio South Wales. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it was t- it was a, a big move for us because, of course, moving from a station in in Northampton in England, and then moving to Wales, a lot of people said, "Oh, the Welsh won't like you. The Welsh, you know, they're very funny. They, they won't take to you guys. It's a big risk." And we we really were. It was really jittering, wasn't it, moving here? And when we got here, we just wanted the first six months to be over because we wanted to, what they call, marry the audience as quickly as we could. Um, and it was like Woody said, it was a big deal. We knew it was a big station, but we'd listened to Real because we'd been offered the job a while before we came. And no disrespect to the presenters at the time, we knew that that station could be bigger. We knew it was a sleeping giant, as we called it. And we knew if the Welsh take to us, we can fix that and make it the station it became and of course when we first joined the station it had 300,000 listeners and two years later we were at 526,000 listeners mm. so we did what we set out to do and we're very proud of that Well, a question I have to, to ask uh, the pair of you is, having done breakfast uh, with Northampton and then now with Real Radio, and I, also, I ask every breakfast DJ this, um, it might be the million dollar question, what makes a successful breakfast show? Do you know what? I mean, we, we often think about this and, and I think what Jags and I have got going for us is this: there's an element of comedy. We've got a little bit of comedy. I mean, some people might not find us funny and and I think Jagger's a comedy genius. I really oh, the legend. <laughs> you know, I always have done. He's always been a funny guy. And that little bit of comedy, 
and you always say it, don't you, Jags? If you can make somebody just smile in the morning or just make somebody smile, you've got that instant connection. And on the back of that, like what what it is with um, Breakfast Show, you, you're kind of involved in helping people's mood that day because they're going off to work in that car, maybe on a cold morning. They're probably going to go somewhere that they don't want to go. Um, so you've got to try and do your best to cheer them up. And and if we can do that, that's a great privilege to have that microphone in front of you on a breakfast show. It's a great privilege to be involved in somebody's day. It's very special. And in addition to that as well, Woods and I, as you can tell now, we're, we're not a fake breakfast show. Mm. Uh, some some people put a guy and a girl together that hardly know each other. Then they pretend to be friends on the radio. That comes across. But you put two guys on the radio together on a breakfast show that are genuinely friends and genuinely make each other laugh. The listener buys into that and they know they're not listening to anything phony. They know they're listening to two guys who talk to each other like they talk to their mates in the pub and so on. So that's what you get with our breakfast show. And that's what I think it was. That's why I think it was so successful. Yeah. I think it's a similar thing. And I wouldn't ever put ourselves on the same level as these guys, but it's that Anton Deck effect. You know, Anton Deck, you know their mates. You just know they are. They couldn't fake that level of friendship. And, and we're the same. You know, we really are. So it's that kind of effect, really. Is here. Good morning, welcome to a brand new radio station for Wales. It's six o'clock and this is Heart. It might seem crazy. Well, it, it, and the, the effect has been successful because um, in 2014, Real um, is uh, brought out by Global and then uh, becomes Heart and Heart South Wales launches. And uh, who they have hosting breakfast? Jagger and Woody. Yeah, well, North House 96 changed to a Heart station. So we actually left Heart to go hmm. to real and then it came hard and so that was a bit of a worry for us because we thought are they going to hold that against us hmm. and you know we said to the guy in charge who, who was a, a friend of ours from the past and he said look guys you're going to be fine if you can keep delivering these numbers that you're delivering now which was half a million plus you're going to be just fine and we were hmm. and then of course the next change was the breakfast show with jamie and amanda hmm. and uh you the pair of you are now doing drive and um how how different is Drive to Breakfast? Because um, yeah, it, it's a it is a different show because you're not doing as many links. It's not you know it's not as content uh, driven as Breakfast. Breakfast is vet all content, whereas it's not quite as much as that on on Drive. So it, it was a change for us. It was an adjustment that we had to be very wary of not to do too much content because you know we love hearing our own voices and, and talking. <laughs> so it was we had to just kind of calm it down a bit and stick to a more you know, lesser format, less contact for content format. But again, you know, we've adjusted to that. And and hopefully we I hope we're doing a good job as well on drive. More music variety. This is Hart, the brand new radio station for Wales. We're Jagger and Woody. Good morning. How are you? Yes, good morning. Happy Tuesday. It's not Monday, so don't get confused. Yeah. It's a brand new week, but it's Tuesday already. And coming up very soon on this brand new radio station, we will tell you how you can win a massive amount of money. Mm, don't know if you saw it on, uh, it was called and Met Barlow, wasn't it, last night? And they were talking about the fact that Gary Barlow turned up at some girl's wedding. Yeah. Just turned up Adcock and sang a song for her. I know, how cool is that? Gary Barlow turning up. Imagine, though, if she were to take that fan. How disappointed she would have been. I think she was to take that fan. I think that's why it happened. But the, the thing about it is, how did they get it to happen? I mean, you can't just tweet Gary Barlow, can you? And he'll turn up at your wedding. I mean, if you tweeted me, I'd turn up for a tenner. Oh, you'd, yeah. go to, you'd go to the opening of an envelope. You would do, I'll tell you now. But uh, whoever did it, well done and well organised and what a great surprise. And now everybody's going to be tweeting Gary Barlow. Can you turn 
turn up at my wedding, please, Mr. Barlow? You know, I'd have done. I'd have just really ruined everything. I'd have turned around and said, actually, I, it was Robbie I asked for. I mean, <laughs> do you mind leaving? Thank you. One, two, three. Well, um, I, I have to ask the pair of you, to anyone who is, because um, you, you mentioned this earlier, but to anyone who's trying, though, to make it into the radio industry, what advice would you give them? Mm. Well, the advice is simple. Keep trying. Because yeah. it's more difficult now than it ever was because there are fewer stations. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of presenters in, in the 90s um, started their career on overnights. And sadly, those gigs aren't there anymore. Um, there is the Global Academy, which, yeah. which obviously own heart. There's that. You might want to consider doing that if you're young. Uh, certainly, university, do the media courses and stuff like this. But one thing that the media courses can't give you is talent. If you believe in yourself and you believe you're good enough to entertain and hold an audience, then just don't give up. Keep trying. Mm. Be a nuisance. You know, Let the bosses of the radio stations know who you are. Um, and then eventually, just something will happen. Yeah, it is tough. Eventually, it's, it is tough there. Community stations, another one, you know that it's worth to give give a try. And um, finally, boys, Jagger, Woody, I've got to ask you, who was your radio great? Oh, my word. Okay. Um, for me, I, I was a massive fan of Steve Wright on Radio yeah. 1. And, and even to this day, Steve Wright's got a knack of, of how he talks to his audience, and that is special. Don't talk to um, talk to them like you're talking to a speaker. Talk to them like you like, like you're talking to your mate in the pub and Steve Wright is the best at that. And, uh, you know, Steve Wright's been around a long, long time, but back in the day on Radio 1, he did a fabulous job and they tried him on breakfast, if I remember rightly, and it didn't work out. He's not a breakfast jock, Steve Wright, but where he is in the afternoons is where he needs to be. And the way he speaks to the public, his his listener is just fantastic. And it's a very special act. And I was giving some advice many years ago about uh, radio presenters because believe it or not when I first started out I used to try and copy Steve Wright and the advice (laughs) badly by the way and the advice that was given is listen to the professionals learn from the professionals but do not copy the professionals and that was the best advice I was ever given Mm. and I think these days Steve Wright tries to copy us no he doesn't (laughs) he doesn't that's just me being arrogant (laughs) (laughs) and uh, what what about you what about you Woody well, I mean, you know, we grew up in Manchester and uh, there's a station I mentioned earlier on called well, Key 103 or Piccadilly, as it was back, as it was known back then. And there's a lot of presenters on there that I used to enjoy listening to, like Tim Grundy, Pete Mitchell, Steve Pink was uh, was a big name on there at one time before moving down to Capital, James H. Reed. There's a lot of presenters on there that were really good. National presenters, the likes of Simon Bates, uh, Steve Wright, as Jagger mentioned. There's just some, just the old greats. That you know, at the time when you were young, you wanted to be like, but they had great voices and stuff like that, and you, you could never be anything like them. But they were great presenters, and yeah, I looked up to them. Well, Jagger, Woody, thank you ever so much for participating in this edition of Radio Greats today. Well, listen, thank it's you. been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, and, and we love talking about ourselves. Don't we? <laughs> Remembering the great DJs of radio, it's Radio Greats with the live Luke.